see the chat? Do I have to have arcaderadio.live? Or you can click this. Let me get that into the chat. And then if you go to arcaderadio.live, just make sure to mute your. Well, you have headphones on, so it doesn't matter. Well, the link I provided is the pop out chat, so it's just the chat. Oh, that's cool. Oh, fancy. Yeah. He's fancy. He's fancy. Shit. I I have to change my network. All right. He just froze up. So I gotta figure out a time to get to Chicago. Mr. Peabody, Seabart, CW Graham, and uh, gang, thanks for joining us in the arcade sphere. All that shit. We haven't even started yet. Chris was here the other day. He said hi. Oh shoot! I need to put some. Um, I need to make sure. Put some underwear on. No, don't be silly. I have. Don't be. What's Holy, going on, eh? Someone cleaned my desktop. Now I can't find anything. Oh, yeah. Chris Bot. Now, for those of you who feel like your arcade one-up cabinets just aren't quite making it with this, with the way the joysticks feel, two-and-a-half-pound springs are really nice. What is this arcade? One the Like, one-up? What is this? Uh, it's, it's a <laughs> shit box. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that's what I thought. Okay. A shit box. Wait a um, let's see. Well, that's going to set the tone for the show, isn't it? Hey, we didn't. I haven't brought up Arcade One Up for a while. We did talk about them a bit when the Star Wars came out because I played it out in uh, Vegas. It was, yeah, I was there. I played it. I was impressed with how nice they did with that the controller ah. for a. It's a cheap one up controller. Chris Farley, um, the Coneheads. That's right. What's That's that? What at, the very, at the very end, Beldar tells him, you will drive my car and not your shitbox. <laughs> when he's taking the daughter out. <laughs> Adam said shitbox, and I immediately thought of the Coneheads and Chris Farley. I do not know why, but that's the association. <laughs> I hope this thing works. All right. It looks my favorite, good, though. My favorite Wait. Chris Farley clip is the one where he... Uh, he does the NCAA commercial, and he's like, it, it's the basketball tournament. He's running through all these, like, player cardboard cutouts, body checking them and, like, knocking them over. And he's like, he shoots at the buzzer. And he completely misses. He's like, and there's more time on the clock. And he goes and grabs it and runs over a couple more cutouts. It's just like the whole <laughs> the commercial's like that. It's, it's awesome. Tilly Sarkay, what's up? Hello. Canadian Bart. See Bart. Chris. See Bart. Charlie, testy testies, one, two, three. Hello. Runner drinking the COVID. I have a porg. Corona vid light. Mm. I'm boring. Ah, uh, are you on call? I'm on call. I'm on call till the 14th, mm. which means two shows from now, I'm going to be it's down It's going to be great. The <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, the man. siren's just going to be stuck on. <laughs> Does our guest have blastroids? Behind him. No. That's a space duel? Oh. Yeah, it's a space duel, a Tempest, and a Star Trek. Yep. Oh. Oh, I see. That's a dedicated Star Trek. It is not dedicated. That's an Asteroids conversion. That's an Asteroids conversion. No. No, it's not. It has the wrong shape. It's a Gremlin cabinet of some some sort. That's the one that you picked up. Yeah, so this one was funny. So, So this one... I just need. What to, is that? 
I've never seen one in that cabinet. Yeah, it's totally weird. It's like totally weird. Because um, look at the coin slots. It's like a Frogger machine. Yeah. Yeah. It's a gremlin. That's what it is. It's a gremlin. Hmm. Um, I, I, I was asking for a cabinet. Actually, I wanted the harness is what I wanted, power supply and harness. And somebody local said, uh, I've got one. Um, it hasn't been powered on in like seven years. And he gave me a price for it. And I go, okay, does it work? And he goes, that's the price, working or not. And I'm like, okay. So nice. he, he picks he, he goes over there, sends me a video and goes, uh, it fucking works. And he tries to increase <laughs> the price. And I'm like, no, no, here's, here's the quote. So I end up getting it. Right. Better. Did you have him sign a non-disclosure agreement? No, not, not that one. <laughs> so I, got a, I got a working Star Trek for 500 bucks. Yeah, Over. screw you. I mean, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever that happens on a pickup, like if I went to went to pick up an NF, uh, what a bunch of dicks break. I hang out with. What? I'm sorry. And it was it was broken the NBA fast break, and the guy was selling it for 500. And this is because he didn't realize that there was an off switch on the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> and when we arrived, he figured it out. And then we were he was like, oh, but it works now. And then I was like, so we have 500 bucks. And he's like, uh, you know. And then I like looked at my wife and I said. Okay, you do it, and then she just like ripped him a new one, and we paid five hundred bucks. It was great. <laughs> uh, can I borrow your wife for some negotiations? No, do, don't do it. Don't do it. Look at my son; he looks just like him. Don't don't let that happen. <laughs> <laughs> don't let that DNA test, or were you Adam twelve years ago or fifteen? Mm-hmm. What is it? Uh, Nineteen and a half. Mm-hmm. So this dude is from Gallifrey. Billy Seven says, hey, why don't we talk about that really quick? I think it's funny. It's a good anecdote to the beginning of the show. So Barry and I were talking before the show, and he has a little story about way back in the day uh, when he, and you guys will like this because it's about Apple II stuff, I think. But go ahead, Barry. Tell tell the story of the Time Lord. Yeah, so I, so I picked up, uh, a while back I picked up a couple of, Apple computers, and I got one of the SD adapters and built it, and so I needed a, a game to run. So I download a game, and the screen that that shows who cracked it pops up. And I look at it for a second, and the phone number, the area code is my hometown up in Canada. And I'm like, well, that's kind of odd. And I look below it, and it says brought to you by, and it has the name of the bulletin board system, which I realized I was the co-sys admin of in the late 80s. <laughs> and, and then so I look up above that and it says cracked by the Time Lord, which was me in the late 80s. Right? So um, I had downloaded a game I cracked when I was like like 16 or 17. And, and so I'm, I'm telling my kids in the car, I was, we were driving and I'm telling them this, and they go, wait, you are a hacker? And I'm like, well, kind of. Like, yeah, that's why I'm in this industry. But... And they go, did you have like an alias? And I go, yeah, well, what's your alias? And I'm like, well, I was the Time Lord. They both lose their shit, right? Because they thought it was the funniest thing ever. And I'm like, to be clear, Doctor Who is cool now. When I was the Time Lord, Doctor Who was not cool. No. Right. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> you know, I think uh, maybe a few of the chatters and myself have stories of staying up watching Doctor Who. Uh, we used to, I used to just watch it uh, Saturday nights. And it would come on really late on PBS, mostly Tom Baker episodes. And uh, we had church the next day. And I was almost always awake till 1 a.m. when I watched Doctor Who. Because there's four episodes in a row. 
What? It's like watching a movie. Sometimes six. Yeah, but did you, but did, you, did you donate enough to PBS to get <laughs> one oh my of the scarves? Like, like a bag, maybe? Yeah. No, I got one of the scarves, the reproduction scarves. I did. Oh, wow. No, that was Love before Baker. my time, yeah. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you know, I think it's time to hit the button. Still looking for that catchphrase, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. The cat... <laughs> Why, did, wow, why is that funny? Why is that so wow, funny? I'm going to change his name right now. Oh, wait. It's already what? pretty good. And, yep. All right. Yeah. Welcome, you Eddie. You're what? You're what hurts? I was welcoming you Eddie to the chat. Oh, boy. You know Eddie. Live from KOYR Studios in Minneapolis, Minnesota, this is Arcade Radio. Hello, Commander. Computer reporting. Intruder alert, intruder alert. Hey, thanks for joining us in the Arcadosphere. This is Season 4, Episode 23 of the Arcade Radio Podcast. Today is Thursday, June 4th, 2020, and the time is now approximately 7.25 p.m. Central. I'm your host, Adam Stevia Splenda. I'm joined by my co-host, Mark Time Runner Shields, and Paradise Arcade Shop proprietor, and Royal Pain in the Ass Roger Rabbit Fan Club President Brian Thurston Howell Armitage III. And joining us tonight is father, husband, inventor, engineer, console, computer, and arcade hobbyist, Barry Schumacher. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, so... Am I done? Can I get off? Yep. Thanks. It's been good. Uh, Yep. We'll see you. uh, Yep. Nice work. It's great. That was a good show. Next year. We should do more shows like this. It, it's so, you know, it's... I don't have any... Brian wants to know what's up with the hair color. I don't have any hair. Brevity. What hair color? Who's asking about hair? What the hell? Brian hasn't been around in a while. It's weird that he's so focused on my hair. Hmm. Uh, maybe he has an interest in me. Mr. Jones. <laughs> hmm. He wants to know what's in your Target bag. Yeah, I do too. I have no idea. That's weird. Probably a bunch of files. Hey, what have you been working on, Mark? Dang it, me first. Okay, so <laughs> let's see. Um, we've got. I got chiller in the mail. I got here. chills. Yeah. They're multiplying. Hey, don't give away anything. And um, STI delivered it. I was a little peeved because it was supposed to be palleted, blanketed, wrapped, strapped, <clears throat> corner block, and it was basically wrapped. It had cardboard corners on the sides, and I think that's it. 
so I didn't get the full, you know, the the full like, treatment. But it, it's okay; it arrived fine. And I tweaked it around and got running. The neck board had like gotten loose, and so I'd like kind of shove it in a little bit further. I mean, it didn't look like it could go any further, but it could. <laughs> and so, that's and so that's what she said. There was something written on the back of the cabinet. It, it said Exidy. I'm just gonna pretend like that didn't happen. It said somebody had signed on the back of the cabinet Exidy version 3.5, and then like 917 2017 or something. And I was like, "Whoa, that's really weird." So I sent the picture of it to John Exidy. And he's like, holy shit, dude, that's my, that's my game that I sold to Steve at Grinker's. And I'm like, oh, man, how did this happen? So apparently Steve at Grinker's just felt that the game was too violent. Like there's a pl- post on Clav. And then I guess he traded it away and then it exchanged hands two times and then it found its way over here. That is kind of cool, actually. You know, I'm, Small world. I'm kind of excited you got that because I realized that the gun that I have on my Cheyenne, which is actually a converted crossbow, mm-hmm. is a chiller gun. Oh, nice. Well, my bolt, my gun was missing a bolt, so I had to tie wrap it together. I don't know if that came off during transport or whatever. Um, I do have two pivot pins that Jimbo Dini made, so uh, you know maybe that'll improve like sort of the way it sort of sits. It's a little little wobbly. Um, what was else going on in there? I don't know. It was the mirror wasn't being bolted back. I mean, there's like all these things that I would nitpick at. Um, for some reason, that side art, by the way, somebody put that over the original Exidy side art that was on there after it left Steve. So that's a little weird. Um, so let me let me move on. Okay, we're moving on away from Chiller now on to Environmental Discs of Tron. That now has entered the house, and I've been making posts on Clav about you know the restore, and so I figured you know I should tell people what I did to make it light, so that you can move it by yourself if you have to. Which in my case, I move it, and my wife watches me move it. <laughs> Sometimes she puts stuff under it, like I'm like lifted up, and you know puts those two by fours under there, and then she's like. But anyway, I got it in the house, and uh, I've got some things to work on. I guess this weekend. Hopefully, we'll boot it up and see what happens. Mon- the monitor works. It's actually here at the f- underneath my desk. I keep touching it with my foot. Um, let's see. Oh, I bought... I got two things on eBay because we're talking about Environmental Dissetron. I bought an original manual. And uh, the cool thing is it has the uh, schematics, and they're all like in one piece. Uh, the ones that are scanned in the official PDF that you find, it's usually... Uh, you know they're chopped up, so but here it's like all one giant long thing. Mm-hmm. So that's really beautiful. I paid way too much for this. I got into a battle in the last thirty seconds. <laughs> well, that's why you don't bid till the last seven seconds. Three. I I bid at, at eight seconds. I put one fifty one, and then I was outbid, and then I had four seconds or three seconds, and then I bid two hundred, and I got it for one sixty two. Jesus. So that uh, that's a hell of a lot of money. Is that a? Is, you think that's like a record for buying? That's got to be a record for a, a a manual. Somebody would have sold you one for twenty bucks. Holy crap! I don't know. I, I just thought. You know what? I, I, I think I, I want to say something I had, about. I had three here. I would have given you one. But. Shut <laughs> up. He's using them to sit on so that he can actually get in front of the camera. That's a, that's right. Well, now that's you right. can now you can sell them on eBay because there's somebody that will spend at least one fifty two. <laughs> I will say. 
Go. I was just going to say, I will say there is, uh, for me, every one of my games, I have a tangible manual. Nice. I, I, I love having the actual manual. And I, I know you can get the PDF, and I do actually use the PDFs from time to time. But, um, you know, I, I actually just love paging through the manual. And there there's nothing like looking at the schematic. You pull that thing out, it's like this big. Anyway. And then last but not least, I bought Hellifier for ColecoVision. Show us. And, yeah, it's, you know, show, what do you mean, show you the, the cartridge? The cartridge. It's, yeah. And it's a, the whole game and everything. It says Collector Vision. Do you know who Collector Vision is? Um, a bunch of nerds somewhere? I don't know. It's a, a guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it is? Oh. Yeah. Well, thank you, Collector Vision. I, I really appreciate it. Um, I was thinking that somehow he'd gotten the original artwork. And, you know, because I recreated Hellifier artwork based on images and some high-res scans and things like that. But it turns out mine is higher... Uh, more detailed than what they did in this. It's interesting, so, pretty neat. too. Uh, I actually did some work for him, some sprite work at one time. We can talk about this some other time. But I bought a bunch of Collector Vision stuff over the years, and actually been sorting through my ColecoVision stuff recently. Barry and I were talking yeah. about that before the show. Uh, anyway. Um, what have you been doing? Me? Oh, nothing. Yeah, oh, yeah. Cool. Well, I got my mousetrap medals back, but I forgot to do the coin drop pieces <gasps> on the front. So I wait. Uh, I have to do those. So um, went to install the mousetrap CPO I have, but it was an early run, and the alignment is off. So Rich is redoing that for me. And I have most of my medals back from Journey. Scratch that. I have about half of them back. So I need a bunch more powder-coated. I have a bunch of stuff that I need to uh, get with Brian on. So I've been working on my Robotron a bit in, in lieu of that. And I finally got the, the leg levelers back on. One broke during a move. So I'm rebuilding the soundboard also because back in January, uh, my uh, dreaded sound drop problem returned where I'm playing and it's randomly just the sound goes away. Uh, and I thought I had it licked and I didn't. And it turns out um, that it's probably a, an actual soundboard problem. Of all things, oh my god. So I sought help in the arcade game repair help group on Facebook, and Eugene Mosh gave me some tips and said that the issue sounded like either a, a 4050 or a 4069 or a PIA needed replacement. So uh, I wanted to socket everything anyway, and I've been going through, I mean, with everything that I've been going through since February, uh, I haven't had much time to just sit down and solder stuff. Um, Although I did have time to um, assemble a, a little RC car. I could actually show you guys that. What? He's been, <clears throat> he's been obsessing on this RC car. Oh, yeah. oh I, I, I was wondering what was up there. So I restored a, a Nico frame buggy Turbo Panther. Here it is. In all its glory. Mm. I had to take two cars, put it together, and... Uh, Everything is <coughs> minty. I got a new body on this thing. So, <laughs> so nice. super fun. Can you turn or do you have to go backwards to make it turn? Oh, no. It's, you know, it does all this stuff. Nice. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, it's it's been a lot of fun. I've been racing it around the neighborhood. People are like, who's that weirdo with the blonde hair and fatty out there in the middle of the road with his little toy car? 
Valley RC blonde guy. Right. So uh, anyway, so I've been doing that, and then I um, so I I put a bunch of sockets on my board, and I ordered a bunch of chips for my soundboard, and they should be coming soon. And that's pretty much all I've been doing. Oh, I did find one interesting thing though when I was searching for soundboard stuff. There is uh, a place uh, that is selling this stuff. I want to put it in the chat. There's a uh, the the eighty two twenty four soundboard for Williams. You can actually buy that uh, right what? here, uh, chatters. So there is a somebody's reproducing these boards, um, and all you got to do is drop in your ROM chip for whatever game you have. It's pretty cool. So it's otherwise fully populated, which is pretty awesome because you get the PIA and you get the processor, which is either a 6808 or a 6802, and you get the um, 6810 RAM that goes there. So, But everything's socketed. And I mean, it's almost worth it just to have one of these on, you know. Anyway, so check it out. Uh, Brian, what have you been working on? Uh, what have I been working on? Not too much in the last week, actually. Okay. Uh, Barry, what have you been working on? <laughs> See ya. Uh, I've been watching uh, Brian's videos online. So that's <laughs> Which are about nothing. So that's fun. <laughs> my, my wife really appreciates it. That's It is good stuff. In the last week, um, I threw the metal back on the... So I don't know if I told you guys, the Missile Command top. So I finally got the Cabaret Missile Command. It has that like, little metal bar on the top. It disappeared for like a year. We could not find it. So I sold my Street Fighter II pinball, which had been standing up in the corner of the shop, tip it down, go to put the head up. I'm like, oh, there's something sticking out of the back here. And the metal for the missile command is up in the head, like stuck up in there. That's what you said. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so anyways, I got that powder coated, fixed that up. Um, looks great. Now I don't know what the hell to do because we now have a cocktail, an upright, and a cabaret. Um, but not the, the cockpit. I don't actually. Chris Rhodes had a cockpit. I came really close to buying it, but I did not. Uh, Missile Command happens to be Susan's favorite game, but the uh, but she likes the cocktail version, so we have that. Um, aside from that, I haven't been doing a lot of arcade stuff because, as you guys mentioned, the videos I've been driving through. So for anybody who doesn't know in the chat, uh, we haven't really had one since all this had. Um, the whole stuff with. Floyd is in Minneapolis and he died about eight blocks that way and the riots were up this way so it's been anyways so I've been driving through and taking some film of what's going been going on there um, that's about it not yeah. much more Barry what you been uh, doing so other than work um, finishing some of the kits that I've been uh, building I think we'll talk about that at some point um, I dug out a board I just recently bought a um, black widow board it was supposed to be working. I tested it yesterday, and it is working, so that's good. Oh, yes. I thought uh, you were going to say it wasn't working. Oh, yeah. Well, well, at, the same time, at the same time, I got a fully working Amplifone board uh, with a like deflection board, high voltage, and everything. Um, and another one that just deflection board that works. I plugged in the deflection board, mm. and it immediately smoked. Um, mm. Like, literally, clouds of smoke. And then the high voltage doesn't... You produce any high voltage, so none of it works. You sure uh, it's not a GO8? Those like to smoke. Yeah, no, <laughs> the, the GO8 in the Star Trek is working, so I got that, that's okay. I worked a little bit on that because I had to replace a speaker on it. Um, 
And then other than that, just building little projects like PDP 11 running on a Pi, so, which is kind of cool. That is awesome. awesome. So did you fabricate the parts for that? No. There's a guy in Europe that did it. Uh, he did an amazing job. They're not cheap, but it's pretty cool. There's a, I've got a PDP 8 coming tomorrow. Nice. Uh, nice wooden box and whatnot. Um, but no, I didn't do that kit. You I keep traveling it. back in time, and you can be on the PDP-1 playing Space War. That's the goal. I want a full-size <laughs> one in here. That would be hilarious. 200 square feet. That should be enough, right? Mm. Never <laughs> have to heat the place. That would be great. Worst, worst efficient heater, though. Yes. Yes. Oh, so, and I own a place in in, uh, in Vegas, and my AC went out the oh. hottest week of the year. It was 100 and one degrees inside my condo. Do you, oh, do you rent it out? No, luckily I don't. Oh. So can I, can I rent it from you? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So that's that's actually really cool. Okay, so everybody, we covered everything that we're working on, didn't we? I believe we did. Correct. Oh, all right. That's me. Uh, so we have some newsish stuff, you know. I, I, can you guys hear the the background stuff? Very I'm, faint. It's it's like. How about now? Is that better? No, it's so it's super faint. Uh, maybe the people in the chat can hear it. All right, it doesn't really matter. We're just gonna go ahead anyway. So. Uh, from PCMag.com, Sega wants to power a cloud gaming service with arcade cabinets. The hell you say. So arcade game centers are still popular in Japan, despite COVID. When was this article written, anyway? T today. Uh, <laughs> and it looks as though Sega has found a new use for all the arcade cabinets that they contain that are not being used. Um, so as Ars Technica reports, uh, Japanese game centers are only open for so many business hours every day. The rest of the time, thousands of arcade cabinets and hardware they contain sit idle. It seems someone at Sega thought of a way to make use of all the performance by utilizing cabinets to help power a cloud gaming service. It's being referred to as Fog Gaming, which may end up being the name of the service. Uh, I don't know. It seems really difficult to say. Uh, are you guys on Fog Gaming? Did you say Fog Gaming? What did you say? Fog Gaming. What did you say? Fog Gaming. I said Fog Gaming. Did you say Fog Gaming? What does that mean? Not, what? not real. Yeah. Yeah. Fine. Uh, so anyway, it's unclear right now how advanced uh, of an idea this is in terms of launching an actual service for uh, Japanese gamers to enjoy at home, and also what games would be offered. Is it going to be a limited to, say, arcade games that they already offer in the game centers? Or will it be a more general cloud gaming experience offering more titles? <laughs> I guess we'll find out. Also from foxnews.com, then this is probably not going to be true. Dads, <laughs> or a dad, recreates arcade claw game in his own bathtub. Okay, this. I'm just going to end it right there. Oh, come on, read this. Wait, come on. Oh. Wait a minute. It's Williams Bubbles, isn't it? Uh, Dad recreates arcade claw game in an own bathtub, hangs daughter upside down to act as grabber. 
I, uh, this is starting to get dirty and gross. It's going to end badly. It is. As a hilarious video shows a dad recreating. Do I have to? I'm going to copy this well, wait link. Wait a minute. You know what he needs? He's probably missing. What's that? A, a piranha Com- shower curtain. Com- yes. Common you and your shower curtains and bikinis. So anyway, uh, it's a TikTok video, right? So uh, Bradley O'Rourke, uh 29 is seen dipping his daughter Paris three boy those names are Paris Arorden I'm sorry that your dad named you uh, into a bathtub full of toys while holding her by her ankles his other daughter Lacey 11 is seen controlling the human crap <laughs> the joystick I get I get what the hell is happening here which I can't read this it's, it's a real this, Fox News article. This is so not good. People like this. Oh my God! The human grabber with a joystick, which is made out of the family's kitchen trash can. Okay, Aroran's girlfriend Jade Mitchell, because this isn't complicated enough. She's right. 28. Began making TikTok videos to keep his daughters entertained during lockdown. It just came to the top of my head that I could make a, a teddy-catching machine, said Aroran from Essex, England. Oh, I said it without the accent. I gotta start over. It just came to the top of my head that I could make a teddy-catching machine, said Aroran from Essex, England. We printed the controls and then I got the screwdriver. And that's when I was trying to... Well, he is Aroran, you know. I'm trying to get a little bit of Scottish in there. Anyway. Ouch. So... I got my brand new bin and punctured a hole in in the top. And then Mitchell, meanwhile, wasn't thrilled about her boyfriend's repurposing of the trash can. Jade was not impressed. So um, anyway, that is the weirdest article I have ever seen us uh, do on the news. Uh, (laughs) So I guess it's over to the gadget guy. I think it got louder. Stars at Atari was engineering. Oh, you're an inventor. Yes, I am. What have you invented? A lot of things. Like? Like a lot of things. Like things that you've heard of. Like? Well, things that you will have heard of, okay? Patents or patents. Arcade gadgets Dolly is really coming down on you for that accent there, Adam. <laughs> Someone put that accent out of the misery. Someone put that accent out of its misery. With a piper down. We're going to talk a lot about gadgets without an accent today, so I'll spare you that one. And then we'll just talk over Adam if he tries to get in. So, Are you trying to sound all sexy now, Brian? No, this is just my voice. Oh, I see. Natural. Natural. This so, is my natural voice. Big news. I'm going to read the gadgets to you. We will be doing the black and white to color vector converter board. So these allow you to play your uh, classic black and white games, uh, black and white vector games in a co- on a color monitor by using the intensity to map over to color. Uh, he sold a round of these already, but we are actually going to be producing them for him and putting them up in the store, which is kind of fun. The other new product that I have that I will announce now, we talked about this earlier, but K7500, U2000, and U5000 remote boards for monitors are done. So those are up in the store and ready to go. Crazy. 
And finally, yes, actually, there we go. So Barry has one of them assembled. So these boards take a black and white signal in. They basically map the intensity over to color and then spit that out. There's a number of adjustments on there so that you can actually tune it in and, and make it look great. So you could take an Asteroids, for example, and process it through this and spit it out onto a 6100 and play Asteroids in color. So really neat idea. Um, it actually is a way of playing these games in color without having the Synvectron unit, which we have here. Um, and I believe they're priced at $60. I need to check. So other products. One other thing I'll announce. I should have said this in the working section. Coming soon. This is just a print up, but the Warrior artwork is done. So the side art for Warrior is finished. We're working on talking about uh, getting it silkscreen versus printed. And Mark is hiding behind a Discs of Tron. Neat. Back. Did you also buy that on eBay this week? No. Eight billion dollars. <laughs> it's like nine trillion dollars. Somebody said I should do the, the, the show inside of a disc of Tron. This is as good as it gets. <laughs> and, that, and, and so our guest today has done an amazing number of products. So I'm going to leave a lot of that discussion for the interview section. I and see. With that I think we're going to move on to back to Kate. Back in '82. I used to be able to throw a pigskin a quarter mile. Back, back to the cave with, with Time Runner. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? That's right, Doc. There really is a problem. And we're going to talk about Back to the Cave. Hi. Today's uh, arcade history uh, topic is from 1986, and the game is Chiller. Hmm. Yes. Chiller is an Exidy light gun arcade game released again in 1986. The player takes on the role. I love how they're going to try to explain this. The role of an unseen torturer who must maim, mutilate, and murder helpless non non-player characters in PCs. They really did the what you know in a variety of dungeon settings. I guess I'm trying to say uh, they're, they're trying to make it look like you're killing people. Oh, thanks for playing that music. <laughs> Is that it? Um, you... <laughs> a few of the non-player characters in the game are capable of fighting back, but with the challenge element lying in how quickly the player can cause each of the victims to die. The game sold poorly in the U.S. because arcade game owners refused to purchase it. Um, Actually, successfully marketed it into third world countries. However, is that crazy? <laughs> of course, they did. where they're like, ah, oh, this is like Sunday at home. Jeez, <laughs> I love it. I get to kill people. Yes, boppity boopity, boopity boppity. Water game. I don't know why I said Italy's not a third world country. <laughs> Boop, gamers often criticize the game for its senseless violence and encouraging the torture and murder of apparently innocent people. I mean, all those people were from prison. That's what I say. So, as opposed to the gamer fighting enemies capable of defending themselves. And I thank you. So, I mean, like, the one thing I think is kind of funny about Chiller is you're playing this, like, terrible graphics, 8-bit game and shooting stuff up. And it still manages to be somewhat like offensive. Like, I mean, it's like, yeah. yeah, it's like, it's clearly not blood, right? I mean, it's like this little, like, you know, block of stuff, but it's terrible. 
It's pretty good. Well, it's wonderful because of it. I mean, it's I we I, I put it on the XD multi kit. It's awesome, but it's like you know, I mean, you have Mortal Kombat now where you like rip people apart and you see like a spine that actually looks like an anatomic spine, and that's not as appalling as the chiller event. Right. Right. So, well, at least that your goal there was to win a fight. Here, you're just killing people like in their in your dungeon or something. They're like tied up and you're shooting them. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Happy Halloween. I don't know what we're gonna do, but. <laughs> oh, Dolly says Brian is sexy. There you go. It's smoldering. It's smoldering is more like it. Like and to move on to the second half of our segment and not talk about how sexy Brian is. I would like to ask Adam, "What's in the juke?" What's in the juke? Hello and welcome to What's in the Juke, the <laughs> weekly show where we play 10 songs and you guess what they are by answering if you know the song's title or the artist. If you know the song's title, you get a half, half point. point. If you guess the artist, you will also get a half, half point. point. <laughs> if you somehow guess both, guess what? Full point. <laughs> if you don't know, fight it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And here we go, where Adam is going to pick to play part of the song somewhere randomly, hopefully, and you won't know what it is. Here we go, we're watching the chat. If you if you said something and then it looks like somebody else said it for you, I'm sorry, but we're going to go in the order that we see it together. You may begin. Okay, so tonight's uh, players that are exempt from winning any prizes are Brian Frober and uh, let's see who else. <laughs> Oh, by the way, Andy Baldwin, I have a prize for you. Uh, I have a prize for Mr. Peabody and a prize for Dolly that are packaged up ready to go this week. But shut, Oh, okay. The first track is... That's it. <laughs> Doorman. Very... Oh, thriller, 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 Wait, Michael Jackson. You have a 10-second advance uh, over the other guys. <laughs> oh, well, nobody told me that. <laughs> Andy Ballman. Andy Ballman got a full, full point. point. He got both of those. Uh, just ahead of Dolly. Yeah. And Brian Frober, sadly, pulling up third. Disqualified. <laughs> no way. No. Disqualified, yes. All right. No, no you're, you're not. I'm just Yes. Uh, okay, we're going to have a, a total of 13 tracks today in honor of Chiller. Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Here we go. Your next track. I don't know about that one. I don't think this was an A-side. This wasn't even backed with on a single. I, I mean, it could have been. But I I doubt it. Here we go. Oh, Brian Spoken. It is licensed chill. It is Billy Ocean. Uh, Brian Frober got a half point. Dang it. Mr. Peabody? I hate that guy. Half point. Half point for both you chumps. (laughs) You know, the only difference between chump and champ is you. All right, here we go. Uh. <laughs> Here comes your next track. 
Talk about a deep cut. I heard a siren, Brian. Could you please do the honors? <laughs> not, not bad. Not Bob Marley. Not bad boys. Billy Mitchell theme song. That is pretty good guess, but no. Uh, not UB40. Not Inner Circle. Not Chill. Oh, wait a minute. What was that? Chill Uhua. Black Uhuru. Mr. Peabody gets a half point. Yes. And it was Chill Out. He got both. He got a full point. Full point. Check that out. That's pretty good. Uh, that is a deep cut. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's the first time we played reggae i think ever on the show sure. which is it doesn't count when it's uh the walking on the ceiling guy right so yeah <laughs> right exactly did we do what the walk lionel richie probably yeah you remember how he had like he would sing in a reggae accent oh no i don't but i love lionel richie okay so uh here comes one that you all might know um i'm gonna i'm gonna go a little bit further into this song right there you go. Oh, it's I got chills. <laughs> Chiller. <laughs> okay. Yaman. Here, here they come. Geese is not correct. Uh, Annie Ballman, Olivia Newton John is half correct. Uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Yoetti for Greece. Yep. And it is. Dolly Relford, who gets the correct artist, Olivia Newton-John and John Travolta. That is correct. So that's a half point for both of them, and half Dolly point. is on the board. Oh, but who's who got You're the One I Want? Oh, that, no, I somebody said Grease. You're right. Nobody got the song, except for Seabart got it. Is that right? All right. Do we keep... Do I, nope, do Mr. We keep Peabody. Mr. Peabody got it. You're the one that I want. Okay, you got it. Uh, and Andy Ballman got one that I want. None of, no one got it actually correct. I think Andy Baldwin was the closest and the fastest. So Andy, no, Andy gets a half point. Half okay, point. There's, I don't know, find out. I don't care. All right, here comes your next song. This one might be a little more difficult. Uh, maybe I'll skip to the middle of this one as well. Uh, here we go. <laughs> uh, there is someone's close Mr. Peabody knows it's from Troy Gibbs Chili Down Brian Frober David Bowie is the writer but it is actually not performed by him so but uh, you know in lieu of some other artist <laughs> yeah it's actually performed oh it's performed by the Fire Gang. But anyway, that was pretty close. Who do you want to give the points to, Mark? We said Bowie first. Well, that would probably be Andy Baldwin, I think. And I think Troy Gibbs had Chili uh, oh. down first. Frober? Brian Frober. Was it Frober? Bowie first. Who, oh, wait, I'm confused. Who got what? Who had <laughs> David Bowie first? That's, yes, that's Brian still Frober. the question. Okay, done. Brian Frober moves forward to one point. And Troy Gibbs, I believe, got um, chili down. All right. Is that is that what I'm saying? Yep. 
Okay, right. good. Yes. Can we figure we'll it out? Again. All right, let's try this again. Boy, is anybody asleep yet? Okay, here comes the next uh, track. Show's over, folks. There you go. They're all shazamming. Uh, well, I would. I bet they are. Shameful. Lighter shade of pale. So we just have to play less of the song. No, they than... can't be shazamming because they're, they're getting the song close. Yeah. Well, Troy got it. Who got it? Troy got a whiter shade of pale. Yep. Whiter shade of pale is correct. And who? Billy Seven got the artist Pro Call. I'd say that. Here, well, Boko Haram is close, too. Okay. <laughs> he must be using voice-to-text. Yeah. <laughs> Proca- <laughs> Boko Haram. Yoda. Yoda did it. It is Procol Haram. The first person to actually type the whole thing out correctly was Mr. Peabody. But let's give it to Billy Seven, because he's not on the board yet. Half point. Half point. For Billy Seven. Oh, I see. Oh, I see. Next. All right. Three seconds. Shazam that shit if you can. (laughs) I'm sorry. I don't know that song. (laughs) It is Cold as Ice, Annie Baldwin, Foreigner, uh, Dolly Ralph. All right. That's half point for Andy, half point for Dolly. Andy Andy and Dolly are going to have to have like a fist fight here pretty soon. So this Ooh. next song, I actually was on stage while they performed this standing with uh, um, Brett Michaels. <laughs> what? Yeah. You? Why were you on the stage? Why, we would, on why was stage this band said to Brett with Michaels, Brett my Michaels? My friend would die if I took a picture with you. And he goes, well, let's take a picture. So we take this picture. And he's like, oh, this isn't good enough. So he like drags me out on stage while I'm performing Hazy Shade. Oops. Oh, my God. Oh. Hey, does anyone want to have Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bangles for free? Damn it! <laughs> and I dr- he takes me out on stage. Jesus. Like, hey, I have a story. How about Brett Michaels ruined the show? <laughs> what a Michael. dick. He ruined his own show. I hate Brett Michaels. He hit the garage door when he was walking out. Remember that Hazy one? Hazy Shade of Fail. Okay, we're gonna skip past that. I want to give Sorry, one point to Brian Frober for well, Hazy songs. Shade of Fail. <laughs> All right. No points. Okay, no here's points. here's a tough one. You might have to Shazam it. Here we go. I'm going to play the middle two. She don't ever eat. She's standing on the corner like she's on heat. Nobody's going to get this. If somebody gets this, they get two points. Fail. No, I can't believe you brought Brett Michaels into the show to talk about the Bangles. I I, I kind of want to kick you in the nuts. All right, so <laughs> Brett Michaels, why were you even with Brett Michaels? That's just wrong. Oh, the guy is like seventeen shades of plastic spanks. surgery. Holy crap! Nobody knows it. It is uh, not any of those guys. It's from a movie called The Fisher King. And, Classic Robin Williams. Yep, and there's a song called Chill Out Jack that, uh, you know, Jeff Bridges plays because he's the shock jock. Um, but anyway, um, the next track you'll probably get, it's a little newer. Okay. 
Now, if I play more, then they can Shazam it, right? So let's go to the middle and mess it up for them pretty good here. I want to swim in oh, Troy Gibbs, Annie Lennox. Nice. Good job, Troy. You're on the board. If you know what song it is, school dance, slow song. Nope, that is not it. Cold. Seabart on the board. Got some half yeah, points point. to hand out there. Troy Gibbs, I think, is probably at a point. Huh? Yes, correct. 1.5. Yeah. He's tied with Mr. Peabody. That, that woman has pipes, I'll tell you that. Okay, here, here comes the next track. Um, Brian, do you have any anecdotes about how Brett Michaels could ruin this for us? <laughs> One, two, three. One, two, three, four. This could be any number of songs by this artist. He starts yeah, all of them out the same, the same way. <laughs> it is James Brown. Dolly's on the board with a half point. And it is cold sweat, Mr. Peabody. We're starting to suspect you're using some sort of shazamming. He's using his brain. He's using his brain. Yes, he's quite good at using his brain. Right? So there's a half point for Dolly and a half point for Mr. Peabody. Half point. All right. Good job, you guys. That was Cold Sweat by James Brown. Where are we at with the points? Anyway, we got two left. Mr. Peabody's in first place with two points. Dolly and Troy are tied with one and a half points. How is Andy Baldwin not in the lead? Andy and Brian are two uh, in third place. Uh, I don't know. Andy hasn't scored in a while. He's made attempts, though. Okay. All right. Excellent attempts, Andy. All right. Here we go. Popcorn, hot tub. We just got people just throwing out stuff in there. Brown sweat. <laughs> there is no point. Brian Jones. Yep. <laughs> All right. This uh, this next one I'm going to have to play a little bit further in. Otherwise, they're just going to get it. Right? So here we go. Good one. <laughs> that hits me right here. <laughs> so good. And we got it. It is good. Oh. <laughs> it is freeze frame. Andy Baldwin on the board again oh, with a half point. Finally. It is the Jay Quiles band by Dolly Relford. <laughs> nice Dolly. That's close enough. She she must have been using a, a voice to text or something. Okay, all right. She's she's probably using a Scottish drunk yeah. accent. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> all right. This next song's a little out of place because we we definitely have a theme here with. Thriller, License to Chill, Chill Out, You're the One That I Want. I've Got Chills, They're Multiplying, Chilly Down, Whiter Shade of one? Pale from the Big Chill, Gold, Cold as Ice by Foreigner, Hazy Shade of Winter by the Bangles, but sorry, that was good to no one. <laughs> it wasn't Stranger Things, which also gives you the chills, and Chill Out Jack by Trip from the Fisher King, Cold by Annie Lennox, Cold Sweat by James Brown, and the next track, which is, oh, we know we did Freeze Frame by Jay Giles. The last track is this track, which uh, many of you are going to recognize right out of the gate. But I don't know. Whenever I hear this, it gives me a little bit of the chills. So let's, uh, let's see how this goes here. I'm going to require specificity on the title. Here we go. Oh. Gibson. 
He gets Baldwin, Troy Giggs gets the Eagles. Andy Baldwin is correct mostly, but I am going to require specificity. Yeah, and he got it. Live, live version. Okay, so that is it. Uh, half point for those fellas. And half point. where are we at with the points? Oh, I didn't give away prizes. So Troy, Andy Baldwin got the other half. Sure. Troy Gibbs and Andy. Yep. You're going to love it. A four-way tie for first place. <laughs> no way. you got to be kidding me. Hey, you gotta, you got to play the song you skipped now. Oh, nope. my God. So what you're saying is that Brian ruined it by giving up that one song. Completely. Uh, Brett Michaels ruined the show. All right. Thanks, Brett Michaels. Again. All right. I'm going to play a little bit of this track, and you guys can tell me who it is. Somebody's got to break the tie here. Here it comes. Get ready. I'm only playing it once. <laughs> Salt and pepper. <laughs> you are incorrect. <laughs> I, it is well, not not the Bengals. You're not even in the tie. Hey, who's Eight Bit Monk? This is great. <laughs> Original purple harem, hazy shade of winter, Eight Bit Monk. Andy Andy Baldwin is the first one in the first in the first place tie to get it. And Mr. Peabody got Simon and Garfunkel, the Uncle Garfunkel. So does that put them in the tie lead now? Yes, Mr. Peabody and Andy now are tied for first. Place. This is dumb. Who invented this show anyway? Ah. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna play a song that has nothing to do with Jills, and then this can be between Andy and Mr. Peabody. Ready? So we will ignore all other answers. If you just want to give it to Andy and Mr. Peabody, feel free. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's see. You got to play a Brett Michaels song. Death match. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> this show makes me feel stupid, she says. <laughs> Andy Waldman. That's it. BNL, if I had a million dollars, is correct. That's in honor of our Canadians on the show tonight. It's actually one of the best shows I've ever seen live. Uh, I those love guys those put guys. on a hell of a show. Yeah. Who, Brent Michaels? Yeah. yeah no. <laughs> Bare naked ladies. Bare naked ladies. Yeah. Do you know they don't even show up naked, which is I'm no, very disappointed. Not ladies either. Yeah, it's very odd. shirts only. Okay. All right. So who won what anyway? Andy Baldwin, first place. 3.5, Mr. Peabody, second place with 2.5, and Dolly and Troy in third place tied. That, that's, that's too many ties. We're going to have to draw names. I'll tell you what, we're drawing names after tie. the show. What? There's one tie. One, one tie. Only one tie. We have another tie? Third, no, it's four prizes. Cough yeah. it up, big guy. Big guy. What are you talking about four prizes? I'm not, would I'm not made of money here? I have two subscribers on Patreon. Patreon. Paying out like we thought it would. We can we can send out we can send out incorrectly made uh, Geo Seven neckboard coasters. All right, I'm gonna do a, a draw bag. Okay, <laughs> you know what that is? What's wrong with it? Uh, Holy crap! Well, the, We're twelve minutes out of aluminum, which is kind of cool. Oh. Who was first place? They didn't isolate the electrical circuit. All right, shut up, Brian. I want to get these prizes taken care of. Who's first place? A big ground plane. Yeah. Who's first place? Andy Baldwin. All right, here's the draw bag. Uh, pick a number between. Never mind. All right, Andy Baldwin is winning a Mortal Kombat pin. 
Congratulations. All right, second place. Mr. Peabody. Gauntlet pin. Please. All right. Uh, third place, part Gauntlet one. And Troy. Um, okay, third place, part one is a Pong pin. Dang it, I want one of those one day. Wait. Nice. You should send Dolly. Did I hear to give this away? Shirts. Did I give this away last week? Oh. I, I don't know. I don't have those show notes open. Crap. Okay, don't I'm not giving it away. <laughs> I think you did. <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna get. I'm not giving the pong thing away. Okay, here we go. Okay. Uh, and I, the Space Invaders needs to go to Brian Frober, who is disqualified. Man, prizes are. Okay. Dolly says, "I don't want no stupid arcade-ish anyway. I don't live in Wait. my mama's basement." All right. Dolly I'm going to send Dolly this uh, R2-D2 patch. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Right. So um, you can go with the shirts that I'm sending her. Send her like one of every size. Okay. And then this uh, third place prize, Jungle King magnet. Oh, nice. Who nice. got who got that? Troy Gibbs. Troy, welcome to the show. I know you've been here before, but you get a nice joy. These are really nice. You're going to like this. You can put it on your fridge, put your homework on the fridge, you know. Two stuff hours like later, let's... And we thank you for playing What's in the Juke. Yeah. What's in the Juke? All right. <laughs> Just kidding. Let's do it again. <laughs> no. <laughs> do we have any voicemail? Dolly Relford wants the R2-D2 bikini. Oh. Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry, I got that one. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'm wearing it. I'm wearing all of it. Uh, tonight is a night that will live in infamy. Infamy. Chim- chim- chimpanzee. Are you having trout mobbles? Oh. Thank you for calling 612-548-GAME. This is Arcade Radio. Please leave your message after the tone. Hello, this is a prepaid collect call from... An inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. Thank you for using T-Medics. You may start the conversation now. Hey, guys! Thanks for accepting oh, hello. the charges. This is, uh, Do you remember, remember Prison Warden Hall of Soldiers again? What? I left inmate? this message on next well, door, but Warden, I figured I'd God. call you also. Uh, what is happening? Stop giving inmates Sarsadick uh, airtime, please. Whoa. He's taking time away from his fudge packing. What? Hang on a second. Me. So, stop it. Stop it. It's, it's both, I'm both serious. calls at the same time. How, how, what the heck just happened? Hi, Arcade Radio. It's me, Arnold. <laughs> I'm calling you from uh, my house. I wanted to uh, talk to you guys. Uh, I want to tell you to you need to keep up the show. It's going very great. Every time I... What happened? What just happened? What happened? Hey, hey Brian, you, you told me this was a professional show. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's a fail. Do the little cartoon <laughs> Well, that was fun. Should we do it again? Just for posterity's sake? Sure. The, the, one at a time, maybe? Sure. Hello. This is a prepaid collect call from... Well, there's a dick. Control panel expert. 
An inmate at Florida Correctional Institution. This call is subject to recording and monitoring. To accept charges, press 1. Thank you for using T-Medics. You may start the conversation now. Hey guys, thanks for accepting the charges. Hey, remember, remember last week when I was sword fighting with my fellow inmates? Well, Warden got wind of it all and he's put a stop to it. Yeah, as a, as a replacement hobby, they're making us all dessert chefs. And at first I was like, I don't like the sun and you know, it's hot in the dessert. And then they were explaining to me that they meant sweet treats. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm into them sweet treats. Everyone here thinks it's great. Can, you can hear them enjoying it in the background, right? Yeah, we, we do it in an assembly line. It's really cool because uh, I don't have to deal with like the finished product. I'm in charge with uh, packing each dessert into a goodie bag. Uh, and this week we're making fudge. It's awesome. I guess my official job title is uh, Fudge Packer this week. Yep, I sure do love to pack that fudge. Good job, prison. Give me something to do with my idle hand. Well, uh, you guys uh, have a great show with that uh, Canadian dude you're having on whose name I don't know. Uh, I didn't pay attention to the name because I've been so busy packing fudge. Uh, you guys, thanks for taking my call. Sorry to take out. Hey. Hey, hey, don't, don't, don't lick that. You, you don't know where that's been. <laughs> wow. Oh, and the follow-up call. Oh, <laughs> uh, hello. This is, uh, Prison Warden Hollis Otis again. I left this message on next door, but I figured I'd call you also. Uh, stop giving inmate Zarza dick airtime please <laughs> it's taking time away from his fudge packing we have deadlines to meet so stop it stop it i'm serious <laughs> hi arcade radio it's me arnold i'm calling you from uh, my house. I wanted to do uh, talk to you guys. Uh, I want to tell you to you need to keep up the show. It's going very great. Every time I listen to it, it keeps me coming, coming back for more. Every time. Uh, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> I can't wait to edit this for podcast. Who is that? That was hilarious. The Scottish guy's cousin. Arnold. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think we need to get to our guest before he runs away. Was well, it? Right. So remember, remember how I said that my family wasn't going to watch? Well, they're here. They're watching. Oh yes. no! <laughs> so my stepson Sam is on, and he's watching. So thanks for oh, that, yeah. guys. I have to. Hello, I have to explain a bunch of shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like what dessert, is okay. what is happening here right now? Do you take sugar? <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> this is the time when we welcome our interview person to the interview floor for the interview part of the show. Thank you for coming to this show, and we are going to interview you now, Sir Barry of Calgary. <laughs> Calgary. Calgarians. 
<laughs> Welcome. Welcome to the show. Uh, Barry, why don't you just tell us a little bit about yourself? Like, you know, what do you do for a living? Why did you come on this show in the first place or the last uh, place? Sure. Are you going to let me talk? Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, right now you can... You can start anytime you you want. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. And um, if you start like right now, uh, we could probably finish before the end. You talk loud. Before the end. Not be able to. Yeah. All right. Go. Are we done? Yeah, we're done. Oh, sure. Do we need Arnold to come back? <laughs> Dolly says Barry lost a bet. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you figured it out. Um, uh, I used to have a friend on this podcast. Ron, but I don't have that friend anymore. Uh, that's the bet he lost. That's the bet I lost. Yes. Um, that's hilarious. So I, I, I live in Seattle. Um, I work for one of the cloud companies here in Seattle. Um, so I'm a, I'm a geek. Have been pretty much my whole life. Um, and uh, spare time, I just. Do electronic shit, so yeah. you can tell my name. So that's kind of it. So this is your workshop that we're looking at right now. It is. It's uh, luckily I built one before the virus hit. Oh yeah. Sucked that place. Um, but yeah, <laughs> it's not not quite finished. As you can see, I don't have drywall up yet. But so D Norman and Sam Sims say, "Poor Barry, poor poor Barry." <laughs> yeah, Sam Sims would be my stepson. Okay, Sam. Thanks for. Jumping on the chat tonight. It's a shed. It is not a shed. <laughs> it is not a shed. It's a shed. Am, hold on a second, guys. I gotta turn off Sam's internet. <laughs> it is not a shed. Okay, well, walk us through your workbench a little bit here. What do you got going on in your background? I see a uh, Star Trek and so, a, yeah. Well, so we can talk a little bit about the, some of the projects, but you can see the the uh, space tool I just used for testing some of my kits. You can see over here I've got like this monitor here. Um, there's a old DOS computer that I'm building for somebody right now that's going to run uh, ZVG. Uh, so that's sector board. Um, there's a scope here because I do a bunch of uh, surface mount components. Um, and then there's a couple of 3D printers behind me and whatnot. Mr. Peabody wants to know if it's a she shed. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, so. You, you know the commercial. This is kind of funny. You know the commercial where the she shed is is on fire. The she shed, the sleigh stack, and and the the wife, the husband has got the little hose, and the wife is putting out the shed. The wife's name is Cheryl. My wife's name is Cheryl. So that's kind of the joke. To this. But it, it is a he shed. Um, so he said, she said. That's it has heat. That's what it has electricity. Shed. So it's a workshop. So tell us, you mentioned these kits. Um, we can kind of skip ahead and then go back and hit some of the things into this. But I said we go over products again. What are these kits you're talking about? So it is, I have one here somewhere. Um, it is actually a kit that takes a, allows you to take a, a CRT, a raster CRT or an old TV, 19 inch, 25 inch. Um, and convert it to a vector monitor. So it is a, a clone of an Amplifone-based deflection board. Uh, the kit comes with the deflection board, the high-voltage board, neck board, all the harnesses. Uh, the only thing you need is to rewind a yoke, although I do have some of those as well. 
and you literally take a TV and make it into a vector monitor. Uh, I don't know if you can see, there's a little tiny one down here. So that's that's a nine inch Amplifone compatible vector monitor. Um, and that's like the deflection board here. So uh, that's the kit. Uh, there's other things I'm working on that are gonna come out as well. Uh, mostly vector related, because uh, that's really what I, uh, it's kind of my passion, our vector games. So you like they, there's a couple of guys that have played around with this. Um, your kit's a little bit different. Like, what did you focus on? You kind of took a base level kit they were working on, and you did some things with it, right? I mean, yeah. so there's a lot of finicky things originally. There are. So the original one, you had to to do a lot of manual work. You had to create your own harnesses. Uh, you had to kind of dial things in. Uh, for the neck board, you had to to get one of the uh, the CR connectors yep. and hand wire it. Um, what I did is, if I can find it, I created, here we go. So, I don't know if you can see that. So I created a full neck board. So you literally, the only thing you need is um, you need the uh, 15 pin connector from an Atari and you plug into it and it'll just fire up that monitor. Uh, I am working on a prototype right now. Don't know if it'll work, but it's right here. Uh, it is a G08 version. So it'll allow you to take a Sega G, if it all works, a Sega G80 uh, vector game and plug it into an Amplifone or 6100 type monitor. But why would you get rid of the ability to roast marshmallows while you're playing your arcade games? I mean, do you I not hate, like marshmallows? I hate marshmallows. <laughs> <laughs> I do not like marshmallows. That carbon's bad for you. <laughs> I don't like marshmallows either. Whenever we have s'mores, I just eat the chocolate and graham crackers. Well, so, okay, so I'm, I'm Canadian, and I don't get the whole Hershey's chocolate. Like, why did you, why why is your, your chocolate, like, the worst tasting crap ever? Like, what? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Because he's used to what? Cadbury. Well, yeah, Cadbury's good chocolate, but what is yeah. it? Like Hershey's tastes like, like I don't know, like wax metal. Wax, that's exactly. Yeah, well, it is milk chocolate. It, no, it's not. It's a choc chalky and wax chocolate? Kind of. But no, we're getting up. Milk we're getting chocolate off food. But tell us about your, <laughs> your milk chocolate experiences. <laughs> Mark, is that uh, your question? That's the one question you have? Out of all the questions, when was the first time you had chocolate? Uh, when I was seven, when, so when I was three, my dad was doing this crane game game over a bathtub full of chocolate. And, and and does Bob Zarzadek know about your chocolate edition? To, probably. Dan, this, Wat, Dan Watkins you says you need to talk to Arcade Jason. Uh, <laughs> like. Like, instead of every day, two or three times a day. <laughs> so remember those yokes that I said? Jason makes those for me. So, yeah, I, that, I work closely with Jason. So the way that I know Barry is through a lot of, like, history and, and uh, other guys that we know together. But Barry and I and Jason talk on a f fairly regular basis now. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, like, I started, uh, if, if you go back on KLOV, like, seven, eight, eight nine years ago, um... I built one of the first, well, I was one of the first people to get a ZVG multi-vector going. Uh, I worked with a guy by the name of Chad of the UK to build a new menu for it. He did most of the work, but I just, I kind of gave him, I was a PM. 
So I, I, I kind of gave him specs. Um, and I built a custom control panel that I then sent to Take Man, who reproduced the panels. And I had Rich from this whole game create uh, glass marquees as well as control, control panel overlays, which I'm planning on rerunning, uh, to convert uh, Space Duel to uh, multi-vector. So that's really when I got into vectors. Um, and I'm probably going to be bringing some of the, like I said, the art back for that. Cool. So what what got you into arcade games in the first place? Like, I mean, you liked vectors then, but... Well, so, I mean, I mean I'm a child of the 80s, so, I mean, arcade games were kind of it, it, everything that we did. You know, go to the 7-Eleven, there was a, a Star Wars arcade game at the 7-Elevens. Um, and then I was actually thinking when you guys talked to me today, I was thinking about, like, what the first experience was. And I'll be honest, I'm, I'm, I'm too old and I can't remember what I had for breakfast, let alone how I got into arcade games. But <laughs> I, I do kind of remember that, that I went to a show, a local show, and there's a there's a bunch of arcade games there, and I was talking to somebody who was one of the collectors, and I just kind of had this this like realization that wait I could own one of these, and so I, I don't even remember which one I picked up first. It was probably like a shitty Pac Man or something like that or Miss Pac Man, um, and and that was kind of how I got into it. Probably like a lot of people. I remember as a kid, uh, all of a sudden I could buy one. This was. Uh, before they were going for four and a half million dollars a machine, because yeah. uh, it's funny. Because when I got divorced, I sold a bunch of my machines, and I I got away from the the as Brian knows, I got away from the hobby for probably five or six years. Um, and then when I came back, I went. They cost how much now? <laughs> but you know, um, and I won't tell you about some of the things that I sold because uh, it's crap now. But I know. What did you sell? Um, thanks for asking. Um, <laughs> I got a 25-inch Amplophone Star Wars cockpit for free that I sold. Oh. Um, I had ice, ice cold beer, um, Cuber, Tron. I mean, kind of all the the, the normal yeah games, right? And and got rid of all of them. The only thing I'd kept is I'd built a virtual pinball way back when, and I carried that around with me for about six years until I realized that it was so old that I would have to build a new one, and I just took it apart. My last move, I just took it apart. So uh, have you rebuilt your collection in some ways? It, in some ways. Uh, I have my, my shed is small, so uh, <laughs> I've kind of narrowed it down. I have, a, I have three machines in here. I have four more in storage. They'll end up moving in here when I finish the drywall and the floor and whatnot. Um, but probably going to stick with, with that collection, probably like six or seven machines. Nice. All vector? Uh, all but um, Galaga. Okay. Uh, I'm building a Galaga from the ground up. I have the new cabinet. I got all the parts. Uh, family and I were on vacation in the, in the Airbnb. They had a Galaga Miss Pac-Man reunion cap. And so when we got back, my my wife gave me a task to get a Galaga. Oh, nice! <laughs> so the uh, Galaga that you're going to build is it going to use original hardware or reunion hardware or what? It's all original hardware. Okay, nice. Yeah, um, like the cabinet is made out of plywood. Wood is really nicely built. Local guy built it. He's actually building uh, my Star Wars cabinet as well. Uh, I bought a Star Wars cabinet that was. 
Um, it was ratcheted onto a truck, and the guy kept ratcheting it until it snapped down the middle. Uh. <laughs> so I ended up getting it for fairly cheap. It didn't have a monitor, but um, I can build those. So <laughs> you know a guy. <laughs> I know a guy. Um, and so I took the Star Wars, dropped it at the guy who built the Galaga. He's, he's actually, this weekend, he's picking up the wood to build me a Star Wars cabinet. So the Star Wars will be brand new from original parts as well. Nice. So I, I know you did like a Pac-Man uh, kit at one time. Well, multi, yes. The multi. And what what was on that multi? Uh, it had eight different games. So it had um, a Pac-Man uh, Fast Slow. Yep. Pac-Man Fast Slow. Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, sorry, no. Pac- Pac-Man Plus Fast Slow. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miss Pac-Man Fast Slow. And then there was like Puckman, which was the Japanese version, and there was one other one that I don't remember. Um, we were working; me and another guy worked on uh, Auto. Actually, trying to do a ROM with the original Auto character. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I found out years later that he had finished it while I was kind of gone, which is kind of cool. But yeah, I, I forgot about that. I sold like 120 of those kits. But not Brandon Parker. It was another guy. Uh, I don't remember. I'd have to look. Sure. Well, Brandon, Brandon just probably graduated from high school like this yeah. year. So. Yeah, it's true. So probably not. No, yeah. yeah. Okay. And actually, I think he did it completely on his own, but he had input from the original uh, programmers on, cool. on how, well, uh, how it looked. So It would be neat to see those. Yeah, I've, there's actually... You're, the one that you worked on might actually be the available downloadable ROM. Probably. So, and I think it's based on a... Miss Pac-Man clone. It is. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, those are cool. Uh, and, and Brandon did the same thing. He based his on on the on the clone as well. It must be easier to hack that one. I don't know. I don't know. I, I think there was a, a better disassembly code for that one. Okay. Because I, I remember getting into Z80 assembler. Yeah. Which, oh. Still hurts my head, but I, I have the code. I, I actually have that code somewhere. So that's cool. And so, other projects you've done in the past, you know, you did the Vector project, you did the Pac-Man project, and, and now, what are you? What's your latest project that you're working on? So I'm working on drop-in replacements for the Wells Gardner 6100. Okay, so what does that look like? Um, I don't have one here. I'm just ordering the parts. <laughs> um, so hypothetically, uh, hypothetically, it, yeah. it would look just. It's a drop-in replacement. So if you were to grab a 6100 deflection board, high-voltage board, neck board, um, it would um, look just like that, except it, um, you know, if, if you have a 6100 and you go through some of the documentation online that tells you how to make it bulletproof, all of that has been integrated. The LV2000 circuit has been integrated into it. Um, and uh, um, so the whole idea is if you've got a 6100 that's not working you can just get this drop it in and it will just it just plug and play nice so this is like the so one of the things that's kind of fun here is like we've been talking about this i've been doing these boards which happen to be right here the high voltage replacements for people who want to repair their old stuff or have like a hole in a board because you keep an emphasis but guys like barry are going and doing the full new board set to replace it. So if you once you get frustrated with trying to get yours working, you do a drop-in that just replaces your old one. So there's kind of like all the options on the market are really kind of a fun thing. Stick with the original, and then uh, 
you know, go all the way up to a, a new enhanced version. Yeah. So as an example, you know, the the board that, that Brian held up is kind of the blank, right? And you would take an existing 6100 uh, high voltage board, solder the components, and solder them on the new board. The way that my boards come is, you know, like so. This is a deflection. This is a high voltage board for my kit. So it comes fully populated, fully tuned. So you literally plug it into your existing cabinet, and it would just work. So you don't have to do anything. Wow. So what are some of the like so? You the board you showed before. I mean, you kind of like you you breeze through it. You said, oh, you just plug it in, you connect the connectors. But like, there was a heat sink and fans on there and stuff. Fans, I mean, yeah, you aren't cool. just yeah. Well, I have fans on here because they're cool. Um, no, so the, the fans actually, you know, Jason's idea, believe it or not, uh, RK Jason. Um, so these transistors, they they produce quite a bit of heat. And if, if you look at, um, I think I have, I have a. Uh, Hold on, let me grab one. I have a deflection board. So this is... Oh my god! So, so this is an amplifone deflection board, right? Mm -hmm. and, and this is my version of it, right? So it's quite a bit smaller. And mine uses um, mostly surface mount. There's 81 surface mount components on it. Um, and so you can see the heat sink on these guys are pretty massive. Um, I wanted smaller heat sinks. Um, the, the first version had a large, large heat sink, but uh, these ones I've got 12 volts running on my uh, high voltage board. So I figured why not run some CPU fans? So I have, or I purchased, believe it or not, 230 of these fans and CPUs. Um, and so, I found a guy on eBay that had it. I made him an offer, and next thing I knew, I had 261 of these fans, um, which means that I have to sell a shit ton of these to get rid of the fans. Yeah, at least um, but it's good. Yeah, yeah, 130 kits. Um, I bought 200 deflection boards because, um, from a cost perspective, it didn't make sense. Like, I think it was 250 dollars more to buy. 200 deflection boards than buying 100 deflection boards. Um, yeah, I love the bulk, the bulk differences. Yeah, uh, it's, it's in, it was insane. Yeah, um, <laughs> obviously, I have to. The boards that I got from, I got them uh, populated in China um, so that I don't have to put do 81 surface map components on each one of these. Yeah. Uh, as you can tell, I have fat little fingers. So um, it just wouldn't work. Um, I do all the through hole. Um, and believe it or not, I had my my oldest son owed me money, so I had him do all the fans for me. Because wow. the, the fans come with, uh, on the back, they all have the thermal paste. And after doing two of them and coming home looking like the Tin Man because I was covered in gray paste, I just went to my son, you owe me money, do this shit. So, um, <laughs> there you go. Yeah, it worked. So, that's pretty much where it's at. I've now learned I have to make my son owe me money so I can make him do stuff. Well, if your son is young enough that you can still make him do stuff because he wants to buy stuff. Yeah, but somewhere he, when your son moves out, you know, you got he, he to he's, he's at that age where he's starting to push back. Do this. Why? No, that's not a question. It was, it's not part of the conversation. When did that come up? Yeah, one so, of the, like the day they start talking back, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, gosh. So I, 
one of the things that I think is really neat about these these kits is the <clears throat> ability to take. I mean, you kind of blew through it, but you're taking a monitor like a, a normal CRT. So you go and get these CRTs. You can just crack a TV tube. Yeah, like you can find a tube sitting on the side of the road and make a make a vector out of it. So you've got a nine inch back there. Yeah, what's the biggest it. vector that you can do? Um, I've tested with twenty five inch. So I've done a twenty five inch. Uh, vector, but I'll grab this one. So this is oh. this this guy here. So that is a vector monitor, uh, and all I did is I bought a nine-inch TV. I think I have. Let me see my monitor. You can see it. Got like three more up there. Um, as I dump everything in front of me. Um, so thanks, guys. Now I have to clean my shit. Um, <laughs> probably a good thing. So yeah, it's literally a TV. You you, you know, I've, I've I've gone to you know a bunch of the um, you know Salvation Army those kind oh, of places. Of found old TVs, recycle places. Found old TVs. There's uh, I had a standing order with one of the recycle places that every time they find a 19 inch non Trinitron TV, they would just give me a call. Damn you, Sony, these. with your flat screen bullshit. Yeah, so I know. So why not a Trinitron? So the Trintron does things very differently. Like they're they're different resolution. They have the way they do focus is different. Um, it just won't work. So you need a regular CRT uh, if it's got a bit of a curve on it. That's all you need. And then um, pretty much all of them have the same neck board or the 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 nine, nine pins. Uh, the same socket. So it's fairly straightforward. So the sixty one hundreds had a different tube degree than most of these but right. you don't require so you can just use a regular like so the amplifones used a 90 degree right and the right. 6100 used a 100 degree yep so these will work these will work with the with the regular tv so they don't need if you look at your tempest if you switch your tempest back there to major havoc i can do that you'll, you'll see that the problem with the 6100 so what happened is when uh, when oh, no. uh oh started the game and it's down Oh, wait. <laughs> oh, you can see it there, too. Omega rays. You, you can, you can kind of see that the straight lines are not straight. They're curved. It's called pin cushioning. Um, so Star Wars and Major Havoc were created with an Apple phone in mind. right? So when the Apple phone monitor came out, it looked wonderful. Um, the 6100, because it's got an extra 10 degrees, the... To get to the corners, um, the the lines are not straight. So what a lot of the later games, if you look at Space Duel, you look at Tempest, the reason they don't do it is they actually have um, a uh, pincushion correction circuit, which flattens yeah. those lines. And so if you've ever taken a Major Havoc, and you know most Major Havocs uh, were conversion kits for Space Duel for Tempest, they had a daughter board that you had to plug into it. That daughter board, for the most part, is just the pin cushion correction circuit, right? So it fixed it so it works in a 6100 monitor. Uh, and that's why Star Wars doesn't have it and Major Havoc don't have it. Um, and, and because they were designed for an Amplifone in mind. And then when, when Amplifone went to shit, because, I mean, there's long stories about it. If you actually read the story, it's kind of fascinating. Um, they had to go to a different vector monitor and they went to the 6100 
The amazing thing for me is if you look at a 6100, if you go to, to uh, Tempest, you're like, wow, this, this monitor looks great. Then you look at a Star Wars running on an Amplifone and it's just no comparison. It's such a better monitor. So it's unfortunate that that happened, um, but that's also why this kit is modeled after the Amplifone circuits rather than the 6100 circuits, because it's it's mm. closer to Amplifone. Nice. It, it's, it is one of the frustrating things. And my understanding is that um, because this is FPGA, he actually did like a correction in the code or in the board yep. or something um when he released this new version and so once this new version comes out i've got to get in touch with him and swap this one out so i can have straight you're gonna, lines you're gonna sell that old one too well, no, no, he, he, he swaps it out for you yeah you gotta send oh, it back to him what? he has control well because nice. he's he just sent you a new board the right. fpga is the same so he's the same fpga yeah which is where <laughs> a lot of the cost is yeah but I talked to him. Uh, I don't think it's going to be that expensive. You've already bought one. It's going to be fairly straightforward, I think. Yeah. Well, the add-on board on here, if you haven't seen it, well, I know you have, Barry, but for those of you in the chat who haven't seen it, it's, you know, probably a two-inch wide and, like, seven-inch long. It's board. like this big. I yeah. Mean, it's tiny. And actually, it fits into the – it's it's wide, though. It fits into the Tempest slot, so which is yep. really nice. It kind of, like, slots in and holds everything in place. So – and you don't have to, it actually does all the power conversion. So the FPGA is powered off of the harness, yep. which is nice and convenient. So wow. anyways. So, hey, I don't know if you saw, did you see the, the photo uh, that we were using for an advertisement? <laughs> yeah. The, the Seven's asking, well, he's asking, I've been listening while using power tools. I'm so sorry if you've already covered it. What's the significance of the old photo used for this broadcast? Um, <laughs> the significance. Um, Adam is a dick. Ah. <laughs> um, hey. No. So so. What? Adam this morning, and he goes, "I'm I'm just gonna go on Facebook and I'm gonna pick one of your pictures and I'll put it up there." And, what? And that's the one. That's the one he picked. So. <laughs> Sorry, I had to let the dog out. Ooh, let. The dog. Yeah. Anyways. <laughs> that's funny. That, yeah. That was. That's an that, awesome that was picture. Yeah, and there was actually a, a conversation. I'm like, really? That's the one you pick? Like, right. all the pictures? That's the one you pick? And then... <laughs> Jesus. Adam, for our podcasters out there who won't be able to see this, what, what could you describe that photo? Or? Oh, yeah. So it is... Uh, Podcast listeners. It, so I, you know, and without knowing anything about it, I was just going through some of his photos, and he posted this thing, and there was a, a flurry of his friends that lit up with joy when they saw his picture. And there's, uh, you know, basically six young men and a teacher, it looks like. And I thought, what is this? The Mr. Fody. Yeah, Mr. Fody. And I thought, is this the Computer Hackers Club? <laughs> you know, or is this the chess club? And, you know, it turned out to be the photography club. So Just as geeky. Yeah, so that's Just pretty funny. Uh, and if you get a chance to see the photo on YouTube, uh, uh, ArcadeRadio.live, uh when it when it posts, you'll see uh, Barry is the student closest to the teacher in the photo. <laughs> so anyway, it's a very fun classic uh, photo, circa 1985-86, and uh, lots of nerdy glasses that are outdated. Probably got them two or three years yeah. prior. And uh, the the funny thing is, of the six people on there, yeah, four of them 
are still Facebook friends. <laughs> That's pretty <Nice>. good. <laughs> That's pretty good. After that. Mm. So, well, they were. They just offended me, I think. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's nice. So, so what? You, so you're doing all these vector kits. You've yep. got a couple of games back there. You've got a few more. You move again. Are there any vector games that you're looking for? What do you What are you going like? Gosh, if I could find. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I miss my major havoc. I had a dedicated major havoc, so I missed that. Not expecting to have a dedicated one, but um, I, one of these days I'll hopefully have a um, either one of Scott's kits, or ideally I'll have a, a Major Havoc uh, board that I can swap in. Um, so have you played Scott's kit on a Tempest? I have seen it. I have not played it. So I will say, I mean, and I've, I've really kind of promoted this kit a lot. Um, he He dialed this in. I mean, it plays amazingly well with the spinner. I mean, it really, like, this is one of my favorite playing versions of Major Havoc. Um, and I have it dedicated out in the shop. This one, I actually kind of, it's fun. I mean, I really enjoy it this way. So I, I've told everybody, if you have a Tempest, you got to buy this kit. Except for the, the fact that it's the monitors rotated doesn't bother you? No, it, it doesn't really affect it at all. Now, given I, I didn't have that experience as a child. So it's not like a nostalgia thing for me playing Major Havoc. It's a, it's a new game for me as an adult. So I don't have that like throwback to, you know, this is what it was like. But no, it, it plays great. I've really enjoyed it on here. The only thing that bothers me is the, is the curve. And right. he and solved that. That was a solution. How, yeah. how much was that? Is there a cost to the upgrade for that when you swap out the boards? He, I don't think he gave what the exact cost was. No. When I've talked to him, uh, there's going to be a cost. It's going to be – he's going to price it from – and don't quote me on this because at the end of the day, he's going to do what he needs to do to, right. to justify it. But his plan was to, to price it such that anyone who bought a kit would – it would be cheap enough that it would just replace it. Yeah. Nice. get the upgrade. So it was pretty much going to be cost, from what I understand, of, of the replacement PCB. Yeah. Thank you. Daniel Watkins was asking that question. Yeah, because it, it's 700 or 750 bucks for the kit. And um, the add-on board, I mean, most of that, most of what you're paying for is the development cost. I mean, yep, the, yep. The, the DE10 Nano is 200 bucks, 150 bucks. Yeah, probably about 150 bucks. And my guess is, and I don't know any of this is a fact, so don't quote me and go tell Scott he's a jerk or whatever, but... The add-on board's probably about a $50 add-on, but he has years of his life invested oh, yeah. into doing this. I mean, exactly. it's unbelievable how much time he spent on this. And, and this is one of the things that people in this hobby sell, them, sell their time too cheap. And I would say he's probably even selling it for like pennies on the hour doing this, but it's completely reasonable what he's put and, together here. And I mean, I've had discussion with him where he, he told me point blank that I charge too little for my kids. Yeah. Right, and and he's probably right. But uh, can I pre-order you know, some of your kits right now, please? What's that? Can I pre-order some of your kits right now, please? Yeah, me too. I'm just you I'm PayPaling you right now. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. <laughs> um, first run is sold out. Um, almost sold out through the second run. Uh, there'll definitely be a third. Uh, so, um, yeah. I mean, so I, here's a question for you. Yeah, I have. I don't know, four vector, five vector machines? How many do I have? I have uh, Tempest, Star Wars, both running on 6100s. 
You got rid of Star yeah. Trek? Uh, I have Star Trek, but it's it's in storage. So it's out so of commission. It doesn't count as a real game that you own. <laughs> okay. Well, you know, I guess uh, if he's going to do a Geo 8 version, maybe I'll get that. You know? Right. Yeah. You have Asteroids Deluxe. I have Asteroids Deluxe, uh, but it's a cocktail. But it needs a color board, and then it needs one of Barry's kits, and then it needs to go back together. All right, so there's that. Uh, anyway, um, and, and Omega Race. Um, Omega. Do I have another? I have another one. I, th- I think I'm missing one. Anyway, um, I don't have I don't have a lot, but like let's just say I have two Atari games, 6100s. Uh, what would you so? And I already rebuilt the 6100 chassis. Who's your target audience? Like, do I want one of these as a backup? So uh, what you'll probably want is when I bring out the 6100 version, you'll probably want that as a backup. Okay. Right? Um, There's a bunch of people. I've sold a bunch of these to Europe because they're really hard to find in Europe. Um, And there's a bunch of places where the 6100s, you know, I mean, cost seven eight hundred dollars for a 6100 monitor yeah it, yeah. it is uh, really expensive i actually have a, a third monitor that one of brian's guys did for me so i'm in good shape where 6100s are concerned but what i'm really interested in is that that and i don't know if you talked about this while i was out with the dog but that pin pin cushion board for the 6100 yeah. Yeah, so so i haven't quite figured out what i'm going to do with that yet if i'm going to release a standalone board um I am thinking of actually making that an option on the boards that I do sell. So you'll be able to, let, let's say you, I've released the board and it has this option. You'd buy the deflection board and you would say, I want it with pin uh, cushion correction or without, or potentially I'll make it switchable. And then, so if you drop it into a Star Wars, you turn on the pin cushion correction circuit, you get the nice picture. You transfer that into a Tempest, you turn that, that circuit off. Um, and I, okay, go ahead. No, this is, I'm, I'm, I'm riffing. So you go, and then I'll go. And so, um, I I know that that these kits have been put out in the past, um, and if nobody releases them, I'll release them. Um, they're not, they're not. It's not a difficult circuit. Uh, it's a couple of chips um, with some capacitors and some resistors. Fairly straightforward circuit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it makes a big difference, and like I said, most of the the board, most of the games, or all the all the Atari games, I should say, after Star Wars: Major Havoc, have that on the, the PCB, right? So Space Duel, Tempest, uh, Black Widow, Gravitar, all have that built onto the PCB. Sure. So you don't need it. Um, well, and, and and there's a couple of uh, uh, potentiometers to to control the X Y sizes and sure. How much you correct and stuff? I'm kind of I'm kind of curious because a couple of I mean we won't have the answer to this here, but it's just kind of curiosity. A couple of the weren't the early gravitars. There was a couple that were done with amplifone tubes. There were, but uh, I think gravitar came out right when the whole fiasco with with amplifone happened. Okay. So they switched to it very quickly. I'm wondering if the pin cushion is on those. I, I mean that's why it's just. If the pin cushion's on the board. I'm wondering if there's like already a correction, or if you can like dial it out, or that'd be interesting. It would. Be. What, uh, I don't have what, a gravitar board, so I don't know. What What was the fiasco for some of our listeners who aren't familiar with it? So, and this it, it's actually a really good story. It's an interesting story. So what happened was, um, Amplifone was building all of these um, 
monitors, and the they were building the uh, the flybacks, and the the factory where it was being built in had a fire, and the sprinkler systems went off, and so instead of destroying the wire and all the materials to create the flybacks, uh, they dried it out and then still used it, and it wasn't fully dried out. So when when they released these monitors, they started dying. And there was no replacement for them. So Atari went to Wells Gardner and said, build us a vector monitor. And, and they built the 6100, which is, like I said, not a great monitor. You compare it to the G08, the G08 is a much better monitor. You compare it to Amplifone, Amplifone is a much better monitor. Except for the uh, fact that the 6100 may have been slightly more stable than a G08. That, that is true. <clears throat> not as pretty. And actually, this leads into my question that I had earlier. When you play Star Wars on an Amplifone, there are details that show up that do not show up on the 6100. Correct. So, like, when you fly into the Death Star, and it says, uh, may the Force be with you on the side of the Death Star, that, that doesn't show up on the 6100. What? I mean, it does, but it's just... You can't really see it. Right. You can't really see I'm going to have to. Yeah. Okay. So, so the... Um, uh, Billy7 asked if there's a place to read this story. <laughs> I think if you search... There's a couple of Amplifone fact, like FAQ pages that um, have some of these stories, and the uh, flyback on those Amplifones was affectionately referred to as the dead red, because yeah. you'd see these uh, Amplifones and they'd have these big red flybacks and they were always dead. And then uh, it was Wintron did a replacement, correct? Yep. And um, and those were the ones. So if you picked up one of these games, I don't know, like 15, 20 years ago, you were looking for the ones with the Wintrons, because the Wintrons became unavailable for a certain amount of time before all these new flybacks were done. So, Yeah, and, and that 25-inch that 25, uh, 25 uh, cockpit that I had, it had a working red flyback. Wow. <clears throat> nice. Because it was an early one before the fire. Ah, interesting. That is interesting. And I always wondered why they, you know, and I always thought, was Amplifone in business because Atari uh, contracted them? And then what, and when the, they broke the contract, is that how they went out of business? Or I, I don't recall the story. I, I thought, and Brian, you may know this, I, I thought that Atari either had a relationship with them or acquired them at one point. Um I'd have to look into it. It's been a long time since I read the story. Mm-hmm. I, I don't remember the whole breakdown of those two. I mean, it's. I know that it was a it was a real headache for Atari early on, and like the whole way that those companies were related, um, it was like this whole like, hey, look, we're gonna do this great thing, and then that did not work the way anybody intended it to. Mm-hmm. So there there are a lot of stories. I think it's a, there's a thing by Michael Kelly. Um, that's out there. It's like an Amplifone Vector FAQ, and it has a lot of the information. It also has a lot of the repair logs, how to fix the Amplifones, <clears throat> and how to do <clears throat> stuff. Um, so. Yeah, I'm just looking up. Nah. Find it here. Nah. Sorry. Ah. Sorry. Ah. Sorry. Ah. Sorry. Solomon Grundy smash. Ah. Oh, smash. Ah. I almost okay. brought, some, oh. brought some ketchup potato chips just to crunch on them during the show. <laughs> That'd have been Damn. good. That's fine. Damn you. <laughs> little Canadian humor. Actually, I did find some potato chips that taste like hot ketchup potato chips that are available in the U.S. 
Well, apparently there's you can now get ketchup in uh, chips in the states, but I have not seen any. <laughs> no. I <laughs> well, true. Well, so so he, here's the like the my, my wife and I don't fight very often, but if we do, it's over Twizzlers and red vines. <laughs> oh. You're a red so, vines guy. Hell no. Okay. Twizzlers. All right. Twizzlers. Nice. I, I I actually remember the first time I ever ate Twizzlers. I don't know why, but I was watching the Prince movie Under the Cherry Moon at a theater maybe. 10 miles away from here and my buddy was like dude twizzlers you gotta try these they're <laughs> awesome and i'm like okay sure i'll i'll give it a shot so yeah okay twizzlers you can bite off the ends and make it a straw yes <laughs> i mean oh nice <laughs> so you did a bunch of arcade projects did you did you ever tinker with like console projects or uh I, I I mean, other than collecting consoles, yes, not sir. really. I haven't really done any console projects per se. Right, let's do a console uh, collecting uh, collect off. Let's talk uh, Odyssey. Odyssey one or two? One. I got both. One and two. Okay, you have one I and have two. Nothing. I only have one. I only have two. I don't have I one. Don't yeah. yeah, the one's pretty I, hard. I have an original. I have an Odyssey five thousand, which is a pong. Yeah, clone. I have that. The, the, well, wasn't that like the the pong yeah yeah black yeah. and white pong yeah, yeah yeah i've got one of those yeah do you have the odyssey uh speech thing that goes on the top i do i have that I too do. oh i have a ton of odyssey 2 shit i mean it, like we could go i have cuber do a whole board. I, i'm selling one so i'll let you know what i have and you can do you, do you have the odyssey that has the plug-in controllers or the wired ones mine are wired i have the plug mine are, mine are plug <laughs> yes <laughs> actually i have two odysseys i have both of those anyway okay uh ColecoVision. Yep. Uh, Atari 2600. Which one? Junior, have, heavy, or light? I have heavy sixer, light sixer. Uh, I have the Darth Vader. Um, I have the junior. Okay. Um, I have the 7200. I have the 5200. 7800? 7800. Yep. 78 oh, and 5200. Yeah. Yep. I, have, I had a 5200. Uh, actually, I had two of them. I sold. I referred both of them and sold both of them because i don't like the 5200 it's and then I, massive it is and it's not very fun to play the the controller is no. very controls are horrible it's awful it's almost like they were like damn intellivision has the right idea yeah. <laughs> let's just it's make like, this impossible it, it's like there's a really bad joystick for the atari 2600 let's make it worse right yes and i actually have uh no intellivision products i know you do i have Four different versions of Intellivision. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the Sylvania, the, the original Sylvania. Um, there's the GE version. Oh yeah, and I have yeah. The Tandy one, wow. which the Tandy one is the coolest one. It's actually like fake wood grain. Actually, if memory serves, didn't Atari have like an uh, Atari Twenty Four Hundred that was Japan only or something? I think like? so. I don't have that. Someone in the chat probably knows. Anyway, uh, okay, uh, Sega. Um, I just have the Master System. Oh, I love the the Master System. The Master System is so awesome. It is. It's the best. I Um, have the 3D glasses. I have the gun. I have a bunch of card games. I have Spy vs. Spy. I have one of the guns that I converted to work on Vectrex, too. Oh, cool. Cool. Um, Atari Computers. Uh, 400 
800, 800, 800 XL. 800, I have a 800 XL. That's and I cool. have the, what is it, the 1040? Oh. I have a really Ooh. minty one. Like, like it looks brand new is with that the monitor. The 128K? Yeah. Yeah. That's the one. Nice. Uh, Apple Apple products. Um, Apple II, Apple IIe, Apple IIc, uh, Apple II GS. I don't have a GS. Uh, I think that's it. I have an Apple IIc color monitor. I don't have a color monitor. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, are you doing any classic PC stuff or just mostly Apple? Mostly Apple. Um, I have an Amiga. Oh, uh, yeah. 500. You can have an oh, Amiga. Oh, nice. Uh, what about Commodore and TI stuff? Uh, Commodore 64, Commodore 128. I don't have uh, that. Uh, Commodore SX64, have you seen that? that yes, one? I have. And do you have, no. a, do you have a Compact 64? It's, what's that? Is that the Compact 64? Yeah, hold on. Let me yep, it's the luggable. Oh, it's, it's right over there. It's really cool. It's got a little 4-inch screen. I actually have a com a compact portable three PC behind me. Actually, one of my neighbors and, and a friend so that I've known for twenty years has that thing. Oh, it's it's, it's beautiful. Yeah. Take it off, baby. Oh, look at that. Oh, color yeah. monitor. Yeah. So, uh, a guy that I know, I call him a friend because I know him well enough. He's out of Germany. Uh, if if you know Vectrex, you might have heard of Vec Fever. Okay. So he built the Vec Fever. Um, he built a special kernel that sits in here. So when I boot this thing up, uh, I hit a key combination on the keyboard, and it connects to Wi-Fi to an FTP site and downloads any ROM that I want. Nice. Uh, what? So, yeah. So <laughs> that is so cool. <laughs> I got to hook you up with my friend Matt, who lives up the street. He would dig that totally. Okay, so oh, you, it's amazing. Do it's you have so a Vic? Cool. Are you a Vic Twenty guy? Uh, I have one. Uh, Vic Twenty is one of the first computers I worked. Uh, color computer was really the first one. Believe yep. it or not, I don't have any color computers, but that was like Coco. What I started on Coco, yeah. Um, I have a Vic Twenty. I did a bunch of high school projects on a Vic Twenty. Um, the Vic Twenty was the first computer I ever bought myself, and I I programmed. Mary had a little lamb on it, which <laughs> took me almost all friggin' day, and then I had nothing to save it on. I, I remember wow. buying the magazine, and the magazine had had the the hex characters that you <laughs> would type in for assembler, and you would mm -hmm. type each one of those, and if you got one of those wrong, you'd have to start all. Yeah. Over. Like it was the worst thing ever, oh. and we loved it. But yeah, um, so TI ninety nine Spectrum, I have those. Nice. Um, oh, wow. nice. Billy's uh, asking if you got a Trash eighty. Oh yeah. Uh, I had a color computer, Trash 80 color computer. Yep. Um, right. I had a Commodore PET. Oh, nice. Um, what happened to that guy? I sold it. They're too big. Yeah, and they're I beautiful. Mix and clear. Time to clear. I got one of those. By the way, uh, the PET was in Star Trek Two. Yep. In the in uh, Admiral Kirk's quarters. <laughs> that thing is awesome. I actually there. I programmed my first program on a PET computer, uh, at the computer lab in third grade. Yeah, that's about right. That's one that we had, our super pet. And then we could play, uh, they had the cassette player, and we could load games. And there was this lawn mowing game. I don't remember what it was called. Probably like lawn mowing. Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I remember this pet game that was, it was all ASCII. It was a Dungeons and Dragons type. Yeah. 
where you'd move it and like it would open up and yeah, like, yeah, the, yeah. the monster would be like that weird double S character yes. that looks like a dragon and stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Man, it's like playing Star Trek back in the day where it was all ASCII characters and a little grid. Yep. And, yep. Oh, good times. Yep. Good times. Man, I, uh, I, I think what else? we actually uh, our generation is I think the luckiest generation when it comes to video games, and here's why: uh, we were around at the right age for the PC revolution and for everything that came before a video game console we were there so we saw everything and even if we don't remember it you know to the T i mean we we're basically there at the birth of video games as yep. as we know today yes if you don't for, count for if right. you don't count like tennis for 2 in the 60s and whatever but but what I'm saying is that you know we were at the cusp. We have seen every single uh, personal computer console that has existed in our lifetime, uh, yeah. and and we're the only generation that can say that right now. Uh, you know, I mean, besides the boomers that are still alive, but the Gen Xers, um, I mean, and and that's us four, right? I mean, we're we're solidly yes. Gen X, so. Uh, I mean, it, it's really, really freaking cool to be part of that, part of this whole thing. And I think that's why arcade games have such a huge impact on us. I mean, fuck King of Kong and, you know, all these movies. I mean, they're great, and they, they were inspirational in, in many cases, but I think that we lived it. I mean, we were there in the 80s, man. But, uh, but ca- careful, careful about, like, so Steve's a good friend of mine. Steve Wiebe? Yeah, he he's been on the show. I love the guy. Yeah, I know he's like Steve, eight or nine miles away from me. So, oh, that's awesome. Uh, he was on the show, and actually, it's funny because when he was on the show, he actually had a plumber working in his house. I have to talk to the plumber. I'll be right back. Yeah, exactly. It was like half the show. He's like, uh, Steve is talking to the plumber. I mean, it's like so, what? Anyway, so right over, right over here. Uh huh. I have a box, and in that box is the Donkey Kong Jr. board that Steve got his world record on because I loaned him that board. So it's sitting on that box over here. Oh, that is so, awesome. Yeah. yeah, I've got his autograph. I have his autograph on my DK machine. He played it at the Mall of America. That's cool. Yeah, he's a good guy. And I've got these posters that I want to give out to as, as prizes that are signed by oh, him. Cool. Yeah, he's, he's, and it's funny. It's, sorry, it's funny because... I'll, I'll bump into people that find out that I know Steve, and they're like, I, "We saw the movie. Is he really that nice in real life?" It's like, "Yeah, yeah, he is. Yeah, like, he's, he's totally humble." Nice. <laughs> and he just had a new album come out. By the way, he sounds exactly like Michael W. Smith. <clears throat> I mean, he's a he's a Christian uh, artist singer, but he's amazing. He's really good. He really is. And the last the last album he le- released sounds exactly like a a freaking. Uh, uh, I mean, he sounds like Michael W. Smith. I, I, I'm, I, and I'm, I grew up on, uh, on Christian music because my my family was a fundamentalist Christian family. Uh, I may not, I may not be as uh, faithful as I used to be, but right. I appreciate the music. So I grew up on the Christian music because this girl was super hot. That I, <laughs> so then I was also. I, I didn't grow up on the Christian music because. I'm Jewish, You're, so I love it. I love it. I love it. That would have been really awkward. It would have been, well, being in, being born in Israel and like I, so I speak Hebrew and stuff, and it's like it would have been really weird. Yeah. So right. it would have been really odd. That's so great. Weird, like outcast. Yeah, that's awesome. 
But this okay, this interview took a total turn. Okay, yeah, so. Okay. so so wait. Prior to Sam's pulling an okay, uh, Sam pulling an okay boomer. Um, he uh, did, did he do ask, that? Oh, he did. Did he do that? Oh, he uh, did. It was funny because uh, you know he asked. That's he just asked, a jerk move by people that don't know what a boomer is. What's your favorite game? My What's favorite, your favorite classic game? Favorite classic game. Like, like, are we talking like everything? Like consoles? He or said favorite old uh, arcade game. Okay, that's oh, better. Okay, okay. so cabinet. Yes. So it, it depends. If if it's a if it's a cabinet, it's probably mm-hmm. Star Wars. Um, if I look at an old game, if I look at at Apple, Apple had this game called Swashbuckler, um, which was a horrible game. Um, oh, but about a year ago, there was. There was a uh, a show um, locally where I I got a booth and I sold a bunch of stuff because I have way too much stuff. I was going to do it again this year, but obviously it got canceled. But and so I had my son come and um, help me sell stuff. So I have a picture of my youngest son, who's almost twenty, um, same hair color as as Adam. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, and. I have a, a pictures of him playing an Apple II on a monochrome monitor playing Swashbuckler. Oh, that's cool. And, and it was so cool to see because at his age, I was playing that game with my best friend. So it was so so I, I just love that game. Um, another game I really like is uh, um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Oh, yes. The oh, text wow. adventure. And, yeah. And I, I, rem- I remember that because... Um, it came with a little cotton ball. It did, with lint, pocket lint, mm-hmm. or belly button lint. Um, but the, the reason I really like that game is it took me probably about five or six hours to get past the first stage. <laughs> and so the first stage, it's like you're sitting there. Because there, there was no online guides. There's no. like no way to no. find out what. So like you, you're like, right, you can't do that. Left, you can't do that up you can't do that everything is black everything is black everything is black (laughs) five or six hours first command open eyes and then you can see (laughs) like it took me five or six hours to figure out you have to open your friggin eyes oh my gosh first like have you seen the documentary get lamp yes oh so good you guys should watch it uh very good Uh, um the jason scott is that who did it i think so so one of the guys that does the documentaries anyway uh, so those are awesome. Do you have any other ones you want to add? I think that's probably it. Mark, do you have any like you roll off the top of your head? Of what? Favorite games? I mean, like like uh, an arcade computer console. Go. Let's talk about okay, computer. Um, well, on I grew up with a TI ninety nine four A because my dad worked for Texas Instruments, and what's really weird is that I have a ton of engineering prototype hardware. Because he was in hybrid technologies where nice. they would build power supplies and stuff like that. So I, so I was like, you know, recently looking at all the things that were in the attic, and I'm like, there's no serial number. What does ENG pro, PROT mean? And he's like, well, this is like the prototype of the, of the thing, you know? And I'm like, that's really weird. So Munchman, I think, was one of my oh, favorite cool. TI 994 yeah. games. It was actually, I, uh, actually a better Pac Man port than the one that was on Atari. It yeah, was. Alpine Alpine climber for some reason. Ah, I remember that. Like a, oh my god! Like a, totally like a crazy that. climber kind of game, right? Cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
And I programmed a BBS on my 994A because I really liked um, Apple Apple BBSs. They use this uh, software called uh, Net, uh, Net. I can't remember exactly. Nick Niamo uh, built it, but I I wrote a BBS exactly with the same UI look. So when you logged in, it looked like you were logging into an Apple BBS. That's so actually pretty cool. To, to my BBS, and cool. so so those 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 things were like really. Oh, I also learned about how to hack Apple BBSs too. There was a, there was this famous 99E99 bug, where I guess that number did something where it caused the program to break, but it would allow you to still be connected, so that you could change code and you know. Yeah. Oh. Add, uh, yeah. Add, you add, add, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and those bold bolts, I, I, I I made a lot of friends that way actually. I'm gonna get out my nerd glasses. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, you're missing the tape. What's that? You're missing, missing the, the tape. tape. Oh, yes. Um, yes. Oh, yes. Hey, here we go. Just break those. This is gonna... There we go. There we go. Oh, right. oh the, yeah. Well, it so, always has so, to be in the middle. If I was. Okay. Is that good? One, one thing I totally forgot. Like, the one thing that, like, my favorite console would be the Vectrex. Oh, yeah. Oh. Uh, I think cool. I have seven. But. Wow. Yeah. Seven uh, Vectrexes? Yeah. Vectrex. You, if you need to get rid of one, let me know. I got rid of mine. Okay, so um, my favorite, not that anybody cares, but uh, my favorite uh, computer game uh, would have been either Hard Hat Mac. I was actually Hard Hat Mac for the for the Apple II. And then I also really loved Starcon on the on the PC. Oh, yeah. and, and the reason why is because we, we could play with two players. And so my buddy Ben and I would play for hours, and we had StarCon, StarCon 2, which was weird because it had, like, a story, and StarCon 3, which was, like, the best. But uh, they were super fun. And then, um, yeah, I mean, I have Super Mario Brothers, Nintendo, blah, 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 and our Star Trek uh, arcade, blah. Brian, do you have any favorite PC console games? Well, so <clears throat> my first, like, arcade whatever... My dad brought home an old broken oscilloscope, and I figured out how to make the little thing like go up and down and then shoot across the screen when I pushed a button. So I was like, literally, when I was eight years old, seven years old, that was my little thing I had to play with. But the first actual computer arcade game, whatever, that I played with was a Trash 80, and we used to play Dungeons of Daggerth. Oh. So yeah. that was the... And um, I used to go to my friend Rob's house, he had one of those, I can't remember, the, the little Pong gun thing we were talking about earlier on his TV, and that broke, and then the TRS-80 came back to his house, and that kind of absorbed all of our time playing Dungeons & Daggerth. Well, so. yeah, when Brian was a kid, his his parents gave him a paper bag, and uh, I, have fun. So I, didn't have, <laughs> so I didn't have a console at my house until I was, so it would be eighth grade. I actually, my first video game console was a Pong that was bought used. And then uh, I didn't buy, I, my parents wouldn't buy a console for us. I mean, the, we got it at a garage sale. So I bought my own console in like 1988, and it was a the, Nintendo. The irony of the console was it was the first year my parents were divorced. <clears throat> Excuse me, my parents were divorced. Mm -hmm. My dad went out and bought the NES. It was like the first year it came out or whatever. Oh, wow, 85. It was like the, 
Well, it was that like I don't know what to get the kids for Christmas because I've never had to buy them presents. What's the hottest game on the? What's the hottest thing on the market? Yeah, Ooh, I'll buy that. Yeah. <laughs> so, so wow. they they gave you a paper bag. <laughs> my, my parents gave nice. us a plastic bag. My, my my brother played with it all the time. I I, I miss him a lot. <laughs> I was terrified of plastic bags growing up. I was convinced they'd like jump on your head and suffocate you. Well, so I know so, there's a whole movie about that. Well, so so here's the thing. I don't know if you guys saw this kind of a tangent. There was a show called Devs. I don't know if you saw the show. Love Devs. Yeah. Love okay. it. So so the first episode, so, paper bag or plastic bag over the guy's head and the guy <laughs> dies. It's like yes. reach up and puncture a hole in the mouth. <laughs> right. Like, yes. There's that 35 second or, or, or two minute scene where the guy is dying because he can't <laughs> breathe in a plastic like rip the plastic bag. Was, dude, you, you guys got to see Devs. So good. Is it, what's it on? Is it Amazon or what is it? FXX. Okay, I don't have that. FXX, yeah. By the way, Dolly says, uh, Dolly says she did an archaeological dig in college with Harvard in Israel. So she had to learn Hebrew. So she didn't get sold for 20 camel. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Oh, and my other TI-994 game, by the way, that I could not remember, Parsec. Parsec. Oh, yes. That was a great game. There you go. That's awesome. Anyway, nerdy, 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 nerdy. Okay, so uh, okay, we got some final questions uh, for um, anybody. Hey, Barry, uh, you, Barry Shilmore. He's that guy's in the chat. This guy's everywhere. Holy oh, crap! Yeah. So, but uh, before we shut down, uh, if anybody has any additional questions uh, for the night, and Barry, stick around with us after we. J- the dog is sleeping. Is he having a dream? Yeah, I love dog dreams. Yeah, she you does ever that. What, what is he barking at? I don't know. She's. I love when their feet move, like they're running in their yeah, dream. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm was... running. There's a rabbit here. Hey, poor girl. She loves. More... She falls asleep anywhere, and that then that's a constant thing. Anyway, uh, before you uh, stick with us, Barry. Anybody have any questions in the chat? I don't see any. Do we have any last minute questions from us? I was just going to add in that uh, Commodore 64 Archon was another game I loved. But oh, yeah. I have Billy Seven says, "What? Oh, this is a good last question. What is the Time Lord's future plans? That is a good question. Um, to be able to go out and have a beer at a pub. Right. <laughs> yes. Wait, Mr. Peabody wants to know your thoughts on Exterminator. Oh, we almost made it through a whole episode. <laughs> Want to ban the next person that says that? Oh my god! Oh wait, let me let me type that. What is it? Thoughts on Terminator? <laughs> it's like the best arcade game ever. Yes, if you're blind and dumb. <laughs> oh my god! And Adam. <laughs> and you know what's funny? He doesn't really. Chris does not care about that game. He just said that. Because he and I were standing there, and we both of us were like, this game sucks. Billy Seven likes Exterminator. He has to. He stayed up all night with me he, fixing it. <laughs> I th- I don't think he has to. Li- I think he likes you. I don't think he likes Exterminator. Uh, Exterminator is definitely easier to work with. Wow. You know what? We could have. I'm sure people that listen to the show have just hung up. Like, I'm. oh, they're talking about Exterminator again. Oh, ha, ha. It's real funny. I'm telling you. It's a ratings booster. Okay, all right, so uh, this is the time when, on Sprockets, you know, when we wrap up the show, right? Let's do it. Okay, all right. 
Uh, let's play a different a different outro tonight. <laughs> oh yeah, this is gonna be good. And there we go. I want to thank even everybody in the chat uh, for listening in tonight. It's been great having you here. This has been Double R's. It's Arcade Radio. Like us at Facebook at Arcade Radio or check us out in the somewhat never regularly updated blog at ArcadeRadio.com. That's R-C-A-D-E-R-A-D-I-O.com. <laughs> Call and leave comments and questions on the game line, just like uh, Hollis Oates. That sounds a lot like Hollis Oates, doesn't it? Isn't that kind of weird how it's like that? It does. It's Six on. one. 612548 game or 4263 if you can't spell. <laughs> yes, well, and such and so forth. Do you like this thingy that we do become an arcade cadet uh, or captain or whatever the levels are currently at? And support the show by subscribing to Patreon campaign at patreon.com slash arcade radio. Should be like a Fudge Packer level now. Oh, Subscribe oh, yeah. to your YouTube channel and click on the notification bell so you'll know when we're streaming live. <laughs> I love Fudge. You can also subscribe to our podcast on Anchor FM, iTunes, Google Play Music, and wherever prod- podcasts. <laughs> I did not mean to do that. Okay, well, that'll be it for the show from the RK Rage team. We hope you had a great time, and we will see you on the next episode. Alright. Thanks, YouTube. Thank you, YouTubers. We need more sirens in our life. Yeah.